the headline leaving this weekend is is Chase Elliott and how he officially cannot point his way into the playoffs. Well, it's um, not official. <laughs> unofficial. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm off. I'm off the wagon. Yeah, he, he he's 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 not going to make it unless he wins, which he he very well can win. We've mentioned it before, but uh, Chase on points is out. It's done. It's not a talking point anymore. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. What's up, guys? It's Denny. Welcome to Actions Detrimental with my co-host, Jared Allen, Purple Vest number 560. Um, Pure Michigan episode. Second half episode. Part, part we, we, two. Yeah, we broke down the first half um, yesterday. Was it? No. <laughs> two days ago now. Yeah, two Sunday. days. Wow. Hold oh. Um, you know, after the, uh, they called the race after lap 74, we, we broke it down, kind of talked about who we saw as strong competition. Um, and it, they were all there at it, the, <laughs> at the yeah. end of the day. It's funny. I was listening to the teardown as I do after every race. And, uh, uh, Jeff reminded, uh, the listeners that you had mentioned that the 17 was fast. And at the time, when we recorded that, I don't remember where Busher was in the field, but he obviously he didn't look as good as he did mm-hmm. at the end of the race. So yeah, I mean, track position certainly played a factor in that. Um, There's a lot of things that that played a factor in in that, but he was strong. I, I noticed on restarts, particularly, he was able to maneuver his car. Uh, but before we go into the last part of uh, the Michigan race, uh, some off the track stuff. Um, before we go into that, I want to talk about our new presenting sponsor. Uh, this episode is presented by our new sponsor, Birch Gold. Uh, you can get a free gold kit uh, by texting code Denny to 989898 if you want to learn more about your investing in the future. Some off-the-track stuff that uh, certainly want to you know talk about or, uh, is, is the new Hall of Fame class. Uh, we got a great... Um, you know, class coming in with Jimmy and Chad. Obviously, it's great that they get to go in together. Uh, very deserving. Um, and also Donnie Allison on the uh, Pioneer Bout. Um, obviously, last week we, you know, we I made uh, kind of a big deal about uh, Jimmy not getting in unanimous. Um, before before you, for people who don't know or, yeah. or don't follow you on Twitter, you had said not unanimous. What a joke, a disgrace to one of the sport's greatest ever. Make it public who said no and remove them from the voting panel. To be a panelist is an honor that should be taken seriously. What four people did today is make a joke of that honor and for what? It can only be a couple reasons a person would not have give someone like Jimmy Johnson their vote. Number one, you don't like them. Number two, you weren't voted in unanimously, unanimously and are repaying the favor. Number three, you feel as though they have other years to get in and want to vote for someone in their final year of eligibility. Number four, you voted for a buddy instead. And number five, you haven't watched a race in the last 20 years. I I think it's possible that one of those reasons, if not multiple of them, is why someone didn't. Um, You know, I understand early on, um, the argument is that, well, Richard Petty wasn't unanimous. Dale Earnhardt wasn't unanimous. Yeah, but you had the entire history of NASCAR on the ballot. Like, it was, you know, there were so many people to choose from and so many, you know, deserving people. But you can't 
you just cannot leave off again and you vote for two people so that means they voted two people over jimmy johnson that doesn't make any sense and and to me i believe yeah nascar needs to be transparent yeah, that, that's a good point that's not something i thought about is that in order for jimmy not to be unanimous someone would have voted two people over jimmy not jimmy and so and so which tells you it's all political and it's not political on that i mean this is this is someone and and i've heard from people that have been in that room that you know some of the guys that had been around a very very long time will go around the table in politics for their friends to get on on the on the uh hall of fame instead of you know just hey what you know what do you think or this that and the other they're just at lunchtime they'll go around and, and they'll politic for the buddies and so i it, it, i don't like it for sure it's it's not just for for a champion like jimmy um you know it's just uh it doesn't make any sense and to me you're not taking that responsibility seriously um because there's I mean, I understand that there's other people that are deserving, right? At you know, but but I not as deserving as a seven-time, eighty-win champion. There, you know, I I hear all the time. Well, that this guy was a fifteen-time modified champion. Well, that's great, but that's modifieds, you know. And I understand that that was a you know, huge series back in the day. But it still never was cup. And, you know, if Jimmy Johnson ran modifieds, he'd have 30 championships probably. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I can't make sense of it other than um, someone's just being very petty. Do you have an issue with um, the, the eligibility? How do you say it? The 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 years needed to be retired from the sport to be eligible because for a guy like Jimmy, right? He retired a handful of years ago, but it's still racing in the series is, is running X amount of races each year. Does that taint, uh, you know, an eligibility for some, but for, for some voters? No, he's eligible. He's on the ballot. It's not up for you to be the policeman of whether he should or should not be on the ballot. He, he is on the ballot. So then your job is to, be the juror is he should he be in yes or no and there's absolutely zero reason that jimmy johnson should be left off anyone's ballot and um i just would like to see nascar revamp how they do it going forward because um you know while it's jimmy jimmy will never tell you he's displeased with not being unanimous he won't he's just he's just that kind of guy and but he deserves to have people fighting for him uh, and fighting for what's right and um it just seems like uh there's people in that room that shouldn't be in that room and you know what more than likely if nascar was transparent and showed who didn't vote there'd be some big names that would tarnish their own legacy if it wasn't unanimous, unanimous, because they, you know, 
they're big names in our sport, obviously, if they're in that room. And um, I can guarantee you they don't want to make it public because if it was public, they wouldn't have left them off the ballot. They did it because it was anonymous, and they can hide behind it. If you were Jimmy, would you feel slighted by this, that you weren't a unanimous selection? Of course. Absolutely. I mean, if I accomplished what he did, absolutely. You know, it's just, it's not even close. It's it's like Dale Earnhardt not being unanimous. But again, Dale Earnhardt was on a ballot with Richard Petty and everyone else, right? It It's just very different when you have the pool of, okay, the entire history versus... All right, here's the guys that are on the ballot this year. It's a very small number. So um, it's still, you know, great honor for Jimmy and Chad. You know, Chad, obviously, you know, that was a a deadly combination for such a long time. Um, I I had to race against him. I always said I was so unfortunate to race in the Jimmy Johnson era because he was just, uh, man, he was a killer. And he was a killer in in the most polite way. You know, he, he never talked trash. He uh, he never, you know, wrecked you or got into you. He just was fast, and him and Chad found ways to beat you. Even when they didn't have a car as fast as yours, they, they found a way to beat you. So, uh, you know, Chad uh, had all but 11 ballots uh, for him, which was, uh, you know, good. And I, I heard him say that, you know, he probably pissed off some – some uh, those 11 guys at some point in his career i i can understand that um but i think that uh it's great that they're going in together and it's great that you know they're getting recognized for what they accomplished because winning five in a row um you know listen nascar keeps getting harder like um you know it what they accomplished 80 wins in the era in which they did it is just unbelievable um, winning five championships with different cars, different formats, all that. Um, they were tough. You know, maybe maybe the greatest uh, that this sport has seen. Um, that's certainly debatable, and you could have a long Skip and Shannon uh, debate on, on, on the greatest. But, uh, but they certainly, uh, I can tell you by, you know, I competed against Jeff Gordon and, and all these, you know, all these guys early in my career, uh, Tony Stewart, Jimmy and Chad, just, whew, they were, they were tough. Um, they were a tough combination and, you know, really, really proud of, uh, them for getting in. And, and Donnie Allison, uh, I want to talk to him, him as well. Uh, he was a big part of the, uh, Allison, uh, legacy series. And obviously, uh, you saw him, uh, with his 10 cup wins and, uh, you know, really successful in the Daytona races, especially, uh, but you know, happy for the uh, Allison family to to get another guy in too as well. So, congrats to all of our Hall of Fame um, inductees, and um, you know, wish you continued success. It's uh, Richard Sherman is now taking over for Shannon though, so it'll be Richard and Skip going forward. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, I, I've seen Richard on TV, and I think he's going to be a good fit for that show. Yeah, he can talk. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you need. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Although I miss miss uh, he needs to bring a, a if he's, they're gonna have the goat debate he needs to bring the the goat mask on. Have you seen Shannon? Yeah. When they do the <laughs> yeah. And- yeah. Is Coke Zero Sugar the best Coke ever? I know that's a bold question, 
but it's got that irresistible taste to back it up. Well, one thing's for sure, when you've got an irresistible match like zero sugar and zero calories, something sensational is bound to happen. It's like when me and my co-host Jared team up to make a podcast. It's too bad you can't taste with your ears because Coke Zero Sugar tastes so amazing, it's hard to put it into words. But hey, that's my job, at least on Mondays. You have to taste it for yourself. Coke Zero Sugar, the best Coke ever. So Michigan, you know, kind of putting a button on Richmond, or uh, Richmond, I'm looking at the standings after Richmond. Um, after Michigan, uh, Chris Busher knocks down his second win in a row. Jared, did you see this coming? I did not. I did not. I watched the whole race and said, this is Truex's race to win. Mm-hmm. He just, again, looked like the class of the field. When, when that guy's fast, he's so f-ing fast. Yeah. Yeah, he's considerably faster than the field when he is when he's dominant for sure. So yeah, I mean, someone asked me after the race, you know, are you surprised that Chris Busher just won two in a row? And I'm like, I don't know how to answer that because on talent, no, he's been very capable. Uh, we know, we know he is all capable as a race car driver. Um, do we think in a year where, Ford's been off just slightly. I mean, you can argue they're, they're you know, they're starting to get be- better for sure. Um, did we see RFK, the combination of RFK, Chris Buescher, and Ford winning two in a row? No, I don't think anyone saw that coming for sure. Um, but it's been a slow, steady climb for that organization. And um, it just seems like the 17's just got a, a little bit over the six right now. But the two of them together um, are, are very strong and you would argue, you know, the best forwards right now. Yeah. I don't know how you could say they're not the best four team mm-hmm. right now. It, the last handful of weeks, they're the, they're the team that shows up. And again, they're the most uh, synchronized team on the grid. It seems yeah. like Chris Busher wins yesterday and then Brad finishes fourth. Yep. Yeah. When they, when they, one has speed, they both have speed. When one's bad, they're both bad. So, um, it, it just tells you that, you know, they're working closely together, probably on setups and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, they're, they're fairly close on talent. So it's, it seems like, uh, they, they've got some, a, a good future there in Busher and, and certainly, um, man, he, he probably never would have saw this coming himself. Right. But they executed perfectly. They had a fast car. They held off Truex when no one else could, um, yeah, there's a lot to say about that. And they executed. I mean, they just flat out executed. And even though they didn't have a very good final pit stop, I mean, you saw the 45 um, leapfrog them, you know, but the 45 came back in because he had a tire falling off again. Um, But like, even with the 45, he had a slow pit stop. Remember, they kind of stopped on the right side and like, okay, do we fix this or not? And then he still comes out ahead of the 17. It's like, oh man, that's even more of a crushing blow to the 45. It's like, you've had time to fix it, (laughs) you know? And, um, sheesh, uh, that's a, that's a head scratcher for sure. For those guys, uh, they, they did it again. It's basically the, um, Nashville was the same thing where we, you know, the, the 45 was kind of a, a dominant car or one that was a top two car. And, um, you know, he was just pressuring Busher there for the lead when they pitted and, uh, had another right rear tire fall off. So 
they got to fix that. Um, certainly there's some fixing to do there, uh, short and long term, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it was one of those races where Martin Truex was just dominant. You know, he got through traffic better than others. I thought my car was very strong. I just thought that Martin was just a skosh better. Um, man, we ran down the lead from a long way back. Um, you know, I don't know how many seconds we were back, but it had to be six plus seconds. I know you were at least five behind Truex. Yeah, you he had, was like maybe a second at that point behind Busher. You yeah. cut it to three and a half uh, at your closest margin in those last handful of laps. Well, we ended one point. No, he got. I was going to say when they were battling, he got it to under three when uh, Truex was going for that pass. One point eight, guys. I keep telling you, it's one point eight. We finished behind. <laughs> no, I'm just talking about in the middle, like in that in that final stretch, though, where you yeah, were like going yeah. Forward. Now Truex got held up, though. I mean, the 17, he was fat. He, I, I was looking at the lap times. He was very fast at the beginning when he came back out um, of the pits. He ran some really fast lap times. Then he started hitting traffic and he started falling off. Um, that's when we really started gaining um, the bulk of our time, but. Um, but man, it was it was shaping up, and, and it really was. It was a very good race. Uh, Michigan and this car really match well, even though it does get strung out if it goes long green flag runs. Like nobody really gets away. Like you know, maybe a Truex is out front, he probably yeah maybe would have. Um, but the the draft just keeps everyone so close together. Um, it, it makes for an exciting race, which is why we saw you know Martin closing there in the fi- in the final laps. On the Chris Busher front, before we move off that, um, what is your outlook for that team now entering the playoffs? Because two weeks ago, they're pointing themselves in. Now they have two wins, 11 playoff points. I mean, is this a deep playoff run for the 17 team? I think it depends on schedule setup um, for them. I would have certainly said that you know this is a team that certainly is consistent enough to make the top 12. Uh, the eight. The round of eight would be a stretch, um, but but they are getting better, and so you can't discount. You can't just put aside you know the eight most popular drivers that historically have made the top eight and just say, well, that's your final eight right there. Um, so much can happen, and as we've seen years in year out, you always have one or two real contenders drop out early because of tro- uh, because of trouble. So certainly that leaves a, a, a big hole there for, for the 17 and possibly six to fit in. Yeah, we still have three regular season races left, but at least on the points I test, this has been a closer overall playoff battle yeah. than what I remember in recent years. You usually have a guy who wins a handful of races and they've got 30 to 40 playoff points getting in, going into mm-hmm. the playoffs. Uh, William has 22 right now. And the high, that's the highest. And then, you know, Busher has 11. So they, well, they, what does Truex have? 20. Not including if he was okay, the winner. So 35. Season. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But I mean, add, you know, he'll have 35. Byron will have 31, presume, if he mm-hmm. finishes fourth. Yeah, it'll be close. We'll have. It's going to be close. Yeah, you know, 24, 23, 24. If we, no one else, none of the three of us win any more stages. However, you know, the way that, you know, it's going, then. I would say someone is. Um, 
Yeah, it's going to be, it won't be as top heavy, is what you're saying, is that the, pre, the right. points are spread out a little more across the field. So, yeah, I think it is shaping up to be a really good playoffs uh, from that standpoint. Um, also, with, with RFK, I saw you, you after the race, you finished third, Brad finished fourth, and you just had mentioned to Brad, hey, hey, good job. Um, from an owner's perspective, I'm curious what, what it means or what you think it, it means to Brad that, you know, his team probably is the best four team right mm-hmm. now to to come in and revitalize that whole RFK organization and now to top Penske and top SHR. Um, yeah. right, I just feel like that's a, that's a big deal. It is. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where I, I, I understand the feeling he, when he gets out of that car, I know exactly what is he's feeling. Now, the only difference is he's driving for the team that he's a, uh, a part owner of um, where I on Sunday directly compete against uh, the, the team that uh, me and Michael own. So I think that I understand the conflicting probably feelings he has in the inside of, damn, my, my, the car I just am driving one. You know, he's won two weeks in a row. I've been right there with him. What do we need to do to execute better or, or get better track position or whatever it might be to win? Because I know Brad's still got the fire in him to want to win. But then, you know, 20 minutes later, he's probably very, very excited for his race team. So I think that, uh, yeah, I certainly respect, you know, the work that that team is, is put in to get better. Um, I heard NBC talking uh, during, uh, I believe it was practice, saying you know that the next step and how you get better is more manufacturer support, and and I believe that as well is that then you can use that to you know make you know financial decisions on resources of how you need to take the next step. So I I certainly think that uh, they're doing a fantastic job, and um, you know it's. You know, we know that they hired you know David Smith early on. It was actually one of the first things that uh, I remember. One of the first hires that they had when Brad came over there. He was a you know big uh, stats and analytics guy. Um, surely that's you know paying some fruit now for them. So it's a process. I mean, you know when I talked about you know building twenty three eleven, I I said it was going to take a five year plan to make us a championship contending organization. Um, you know we're in year three now. Um, I still believe that that's the trajectory. Obviously, we know where we've got to get better. We've got fast enough cars, um, but we know where we have to get better. But it's a process. Um, you know, it, you can't just, you know, pick crew guys right off the couch because if they were good, then they'd, they'd have a job somewhere, right? And, you know, you, the process then of, you know, fixing if someone's got, you know, a, a health issue and, and it just isn't 100% as a pit crew guy. Or they need to hone their skills and get more reps. Like, that is a process. Like, it's just weighing, like, well, what is this person's ceiling versus what are their, you know, what are they at? Where are they at now? Like, you know, when you're building a, a pit crew department, and this is the first year that 2311's had their own pit crews, um, we, we understand it's a process. And we're going to, you know, you know, we, we started very early this morning <laughs> yeah. because, you know, at 9 a.m., we've got a long discussion on what our long-term pit crew planning is, right? Do we expand? Do we 
get more personnel? Do we hire more than to then have three pit crews and then we'll outsource one to, to another team uh, to let us continue to build our, our roster and, and hone our stuff? We figured at Gibbs that, you know, we would probably get the fifth and sixth best team. That just That just made sense for Gibbs. But it didn't make sense for us because we feel like we have race winning cars. Uh, but it is a process. It takes time. Tyler Reddick has absolutely 100% the right to be as angry and frustrated as he is. Uh, we have let him down more times than we have brought him up. And we've got to do a better job of that. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. Trust me, from my standpoint, um, I, I saw him and I'm driving the car and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to come out here fourth. And he says, all right, when this cycles, you're going to be third. And I, and I look and I can see the 17. I see the 19. I'm like, I'm just, where's the 45? <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, man, hate it for Billy and that whole team and, and Tyler. They, they just, they deserve better than what they're getting right now, but you know, I can assure you the guys are probably at the shop working on it, trying to trying to figure out how they can get better. Can you give a, a deeper explanation of what that pit crew department looks like now and then what potentially it could look like in the future based on what you just said there? Yeah, I mean, so our alliance with JGR, uh, you know, we use their facilities basically, but, we, you know, we've hired our own coach. Uh, we've got uh, really 10 guys. We, we, we don't have any reserves. Uh, what we did is, you know, we, a uh, part of our alliance, we have access to reserves at, on JGR's rosters. So, um, so I, where did, where did those 10 guys come from? They were already in the sport, I'm assuming. Yeah. Some of them were already on 2311's cars, but they were JGR employees. Um, I would say most of them came from other teams, just, you know, other pit crew members, uh, contracts are up and they come talk to Shippy and, and say, Hey, I'm interested in coming over to 2311. So, um, so then in the, it, are you, and then we take, you, then we take, and we have all the, you know, all the information to, you know, try these guys out or, you know, look at their history and say, is this somebody we want to hire or not? And so, Again, it's a huge expense for 2311 to then, you know, hire another pit crew that is not for one of our cars, but it's like, is the investment worth it? Um, it seems like it, it needs to be at this point. Is there a major learning curve for new pit crew members coming into the sport? Like say you found some kid out of Arizona State who's mm -hmm. just a hell of a football player, mm -hmm. right? And they, did, they didn't get drafted. Is there... You know, what is the learning curve for a new athlete coming into NASCAR? You, Man, this is probably a better question for the JGR uh, coaches. Um, I'm not really sure how long it takes them to take someone that is completely raw, never done a pit stop before, but is a hell of an athlete to making it to Cup. My guess is it's it's got to be it's got to be a year and a half, two years, I would say. Uh, but they'll what they do is they'll they'll get on, you know. Alliance team. So I think that the, um, I, I can't remember. I think it's the legacy cars are JGR pit crews. Legacy or front row? One of the two are, are, are JGR pit crews. So they'll probably get in the game um, in a year or less, but then making it to 
one of the house cars, you're, you're probably looking at a couple of years. So the overall goal really is to, for 2311, is to expand your roster, expand your bench, have more resources. Yep. yep. Will so, the new, will so, the new if so if you're good, come see us. Will the, We're looking right away. Will the new shop have its own area for, for pickers to, tr- uh, to train? That's not on our radar right at the moment. We have the space for it, of course, but the JGR facilities are working well for us. Um, you know, we have our allotted time that we work out of there. Uh, it's, it, it works well for us. I think it's a good partnership we have with JGR. And, you know, again, why would I, uh, I just think about the resources, right? Should, should I go spend a million or $2 on, um, you know, pit crew facilities to practice at in house or, you know, build the same thing that JGR has two miles down the road, or should I just take that money and resource it somewhere else? To me, uh, as long as JGR continues us to ha- have a alliance with JGR, it seems like it makes sense for us, our guys, just to go two miles down the road and do it. Uh, we had some major movement down at the playoff bubble and and the cut line. I think the headline leaving this weekend is is Chase Elliott and how he officially cannot point his way into the playoffs well it's um, not official <laughs> unofficial <laughs> all right i'm off i'm off the wagon yeah he, he he's 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 not gonna make it unless he wins what she he very well can win we've mentioned it before but uh chase on points is out it's done it's not a talking point anymore and he'll tell you i mean you could tell he's so he's over it he is so over it his interviews he's just he's short and he you know, doesn't want to talk about it. He's sick of talking about it. And he's like, you know, I told you all from the very beginning I had to win and nothing's changed. Yeah. I, I think deep down inside, he probably thought he could point his way in. Um, I believed he could point his way in, but it was going to take, you know, a Herculean effort of not, you know, not wrecking, not having any bad weeks. Um, his good weeks weren't good enough to allow him to have a week like this. You know what I mean? He wasn't top three, top three, finish top five. He was finishing the back half of the top 10 or you know maybe sometimes top five in a stage and finish 12th. Like that just wasn't enough to allow him to have uh, you know the, the, the wreck that he had this week. Yeah, well, the opportunity was there uh, with the way the 34 team ran. Oh, it, the door was wide open. Yep. And some guys took that. Ty Gibbs being yep. one of them, Daniel Suarez too, both those guys now. Ty Gibbs took over the 16th spot. Michael McDowell is now three points out, and, and Daniel Suarez is five points out. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have a heck of a finish to the regular season here um, for that playoff spot. Again, if there's not a new winner, if it is, then it moves to Bubba, and he's uh, 55 ahead of Gibbs. So I think that, uh, this was the weekend that Suarez needed, no question. Um, the, the stage points really helped him this week, and he finished in the top uh, six or seven, I believe it was. I think so. Um, certainly in the top ten. And then Gibbs had, again, stage points. Um, w- with the pits, w- with the yellows that we had, it just it jumbled up the field so much. It really gave the opportunity to the people that needed stage points to continue to stay out and sell out for stage points on on Sunday. Um, 
I kind of wish we did as the 11 car that we just got stage points and then, you know, left me in a position where, I mean, I, I wouldn't have restarted that much different, I don't think. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, one of those things where I think it's always hindsight's twenty twenty. but you just never know when cautions are going to fall and trying to plan on a caution and, and make, you know, knowing you're short on gas is just very hard. But for Gibbs, McDowell, Bubba, Suarez, they don't care if they, they'll just come pit early. Like they're, they're, they're conceding, okay, we're not good enough to win. So we just want to go out here and get all the stage points we can. And we'll make, we'll, we'll, we'll make up where finished we can at the end. Now in Bubba's instance, he finished 18th. He certainly should have finished better than eight. He should be able to come through the field better than that. But uh, it l- looked like, you know, I read his debrief this morning. He um, he was super loose. And, and obviously, when he got in traffic, he, he couldn't go anywhere the last part of the race. Well, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Bubba did have a, have a good points day. He right? did. But he was a car earlier in the race that showed glimpses of, yeah, of winning I, speed. I, yeah, I just, that's what befuddled me of, of, you know, when I saw the finishing position of the 23, I'm like, wait a minute, what their, their car was way faster than that. Um, I don't know, just lost the handle, I guess, but they, you know, they faded. And but strategy wise, they stayed out to, to get the stage points in stage two, you know? Yeah. Could, Which can, they had to, I mean, they're trying to build a, a, a buffer here. Right. How I'm, line. I'm saying though, is you, you finish fourth in stage two. And then you finish 18th at the end of the race. Could you have set yourself up to finish fifth in the race and give up those stage two stage points because well, you had race? Well, they speed. were probably thinking that, I mean, because he had started that deep before and drove back up to the top 10 easily, that they should be able to do that again. And they should have been able to do that again. So they, they didn't either keep up with a track or something. Um, but, you know, Richmond and Michigan. Uh, they they faded, uh, you know, just bled at the end of the race uh, spots. So need to figure that one out for sure because it, you know when you got a fast car, it's, you you typically got a fast car for the whole whole race. Um, but plus fifty eight, it's still you're holding serve, like you're you're doing what you got to do, and you control um, your destiny. Yeah, and and we mentioned weeks and weeks ago that like it's whoever gets the most stage points is going to get in. That's the person that's going to get in. It's not going to be the finishing person. It's the stage person that's going to get in. And right now, that's where the 23 team is killing it over everyone else. They're they're driving to the front at the beginning of the race, getting stage points, while these other guys are, you know. McDowell, you know, if you were to listen to Dirty Modo, they, you know, they, they mentioned McDowell's never finished better 20th at Michigan. There's various reasons that that, happens and this week he had damage um and finished 24th i believe but um the team that team in general i don't know if you can use a whole lot of past precedents with michael mcdowell and the 34 team because this year they're outperforming all of their past performances is very similar to ricky stenhouse now ricky not this week but for most weeks he's outperforming any of the historical data that you might be able to throw at him so um i still think now that I'm off, I'm hopping off the chase train. I'm officially off. I'm sorry. Uh, he might win a race and get in. Um, two road courses 
and a super speedway. It's going to be a dog fight. <laughs> it's going to be so close. Uh, and it's setting up to where the, the fastest guys on the road course are below the cut line. Uh, super speedway, you would give the edge to McDowell. Super speedway. I, you know, I, I'm not disrespecting McDowell at all on the road courses. I understand he has scored the most stage points of any other driver. Thank you. I know the data on that. However, things, you know, it is a little different now that there are no stage breaks. So it's wherever you're running, you're going to get points for where before you typically have uh, most of the top 10 peel off. Um, but I still think he's in a really good spot. I like McDowell's chances now significantly more than I did before. Uh, Gibbs, he's got... He's got the fastest car of all these guys. It's just a matter, you know, he's just inexperienced, but he's driving like a vet. He's not getting in any trouble, right? We're not talking about Gibbs any week, right? He's just chipping away, chipping away, and I think he's getting a little better each week. It's like, but what about the, you know, surely the pressure. I I, I know that kid. He He feels a lot of pressure on himself. Like, does it does it get the best of you at some point? Do you start chasing if you're at the Indy Road Course this week and McDowell's ten spots ahead of you? Do you panic, or do you just take a breath and let this thing play out? So um, it's going to be close, but it, it's I don't know. It's so hard to give an edge. Who who, who makes it for you? Let me hear what you have to say, Bubba. <laughs> at okay. the 15th spot. Okay. Uh, if there's not another new winner. Um, it's tough. I feel like I have to, you know, I, I said I, I like Michael McDowell last week just because these next three races are in his wheelhouse, two road courses and mm-hmm. a super speedway. He's he's good at all three. Um, You're not wrong. But but again, I, I, I did not see Daniel Suarez cutting the gap uh, to where right. it is now. And... And Ty again has been and he's great super on road consistent. Courses too. I think I think it comes down to if Ty can be consistent for the next three races, can McDowell just be better? Right? If Ty's finishing right around that top ten, the next handful of races maybe it's whoever gets off the most feet. stage points. Uh, Gibbs, McDowell, Suarez, Almendinger, whoever gets the first the first one that gets. Let's see, we got two road courses. Over these next two weeks, the first one to get 20 total stage points is is your is the guy that makes it. Well, then we're, you really need to pay attention to qualifying the next three weeks. Maybe not Daytona. Yeah, that's a good point. Watkins, you Glenn do. And- um, yeah, I don't know the stats. You know, check out Dirty Modo for that on who's typically been uh, the fast qualifiers. Uh, I'd say McDowell. Uh, Almondinger. Almondinger is usually pretty stout on Saturdays. Um, it's going to be close. Tune in. <laughs> Tune in. It's going to be a great battle. Um, Just real quick, yes or no question. On on the guys below Suarez, Almondinger, Bowman, and Sindrick, do you have any hope no. for them? No. No. They're minus 44, 53, and Elliott's 55 now. Um, nope. No hope. Win Let's say win. Yeah. yeah. 
They could win. Um, what about the top of this this board? Still any regular hope for, season for, championship? For <laughs> Denny oh. Hamlin, regular season champion? Man. I um we're fifty seven back. It's it's a it's like it's a two horse race. It, Byron's too far back. He's you know two races back basically with three to go. Uh, we're one plus back. Um, yeah, we needed more stage points this week. Um, but you know if Truex continues to you know run like he's running, then um, I think it'll be it's going to be tough for us to make up fifty seven points. Uh, so it's it's possible. Uh, we just have to go out and qualify on the pole and win both stages. And then we're going to give ourselves a shot. Then I think that, um, it's certainly possible, especially with the super speedway. Martin said, you know, very tough time finishing super speedway races. Um, 99% of not his doing, um, he just always gets caught up in it, but, um, uh, he's looking good. He's looking good there. Uh, we're second, Byron's third, and then there's another big drop to fourth. So we're all spread out. Um, you know, there was it got tight, but then um, Truex got hot. He got he's he's white hot. I guess we are kind of too, right? It's close. We're not as white hot as he is. He's, I mean, he's been exceptional. You're teal blue hot in this Mavis car. That's for sure. Ha! <laughs> Good point. For sure. Um. Yeah, so you know that's that's kind of what the playoffs is looking like. Um, you know, Martin actually also you know just very casually uh, announced his return to Joker's Racing in the media center. The you know one of those he's just one of those guys who's you know very quiet and at times he he probably hates going to the media center, but he's just like gets tired of getting asked, "Are you coming back? Are you coming back?" And he's just like, "Hey guys, I'm coming back." Sounds good. <laughs> so it's uh, he's he's returning, which is great for the organization. And uh, I know Joe and uh, all all of us. We we love to have Martin back because he's such a valuable asset to our race team. But I'll tell you, I think that uh, we're shaping up for a great regular season. We got three races left: two road courses, one super speedway. Do we have a surprise winner in those three races? That is not in the currently here well if you're going to see one you're going to see it at these three types of tracks no you're not you're not going to see it in the next two what indie road course is a crapshoot as much as any race no it is not especially now that they moved the the restart zone we haven't seen it based i can just tell you my professional opinion of this is that they moved the restart zone where the restarts are not going to be so demolition cars joey's not dive bombing the field this year that's what you're saying? Well, he ain't going to be able to pull the shit he pulled last year. That's for sure. Ross ain't cutting the corner. <laughs> he still, yeah, he, he said during our drivers meeting, he's like, it's still a better option to go there and park and then take off the, versus getting wrecked if you go into turn one. I just don't think we're going to be jammed up quite as much as we were, which is a better change. Um, NASCAR moving that to make it not calamity corners, uh, certainly a better idea because it was a show last year. A few off-track things before we wrap this pod up. I got a very random email late last night uh, from a Josh P. Let me let me pull it up here on my computer so you can I can read it properly. Well, one of the things too. Oh, we had the return 
of Shane Van Gisbergen, right? And we talked about uh, off the record, like what <clears throat> what are our expectations for him in his first asphalt oval yeah. at IRP? Um, I will set the over under, um, and this is an entire guess of his finishing position at in the truck race. Thinking about the trucks. Trucks are tougher, man. Trucks are tough. I'll set his finishing position at uh, 15.5. I would have said 14 and a half. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was about to jump in and say 14 and a half. Okay. Um, and then how about let's do an over under for finishing position on the cup race? 9.5. Nine and a half. I'm going to say seven and a half. Seven and a half for me, put it on record. Nine and a half for Jared on the cup. And 15 and a half for the trucks for me. 14 and a half for the trucks for Jared. Yeah. Top 10 in a cup race just sounds good for me. I don't care if it's seventh or ninth. Yeah. I, he, he's going to be fast. I, you know, he, he knows how to road race, obviously. Um, but will he have the big advantage uh, of the street race? Uh, probably not. Uh, the conditions between wet and dry. Uh, kind of played a, a big factor as well. So we'll see how it all turns out. I think he's still going to perform well. Uh, Kamui Kobayashi is going to be running our third entry at 2311 this week. Uh, excited to see what he can do. Um, <clears throat> I, I heard he's been doing well uh, in the simulator. He did well during the uh, test. Uh, they went to VIR and, you know, and let him run some laps there uh, and, you know, Tyler thought he was extremely fast there as well. So we'll see how he does. Um, yeah. Another, what is this? Our, is this our second or third race? It's 67. I'm not really sure. Pastrana. And that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. So second time. So we're excited about that. Uh, Eric Phillips will be on the box for him. And um, yeah, we're, we're excited. He's, he's, he's here all week and. He's ready to get on the racetrack. So, uh, and you know, return, Jensen Button is also re returning, right? I believe to uh, the Indy Road Course. So we've got a lot of got a lot of ringers. <clears throat> yeah, a lot of ringers. Yeah, you, you definitely, certainly, some very talented road course racers. I don't know that you would call them ringers. I thought that's what a ringer meant. I, talented road course guy. You're probably right. You're probably right on that. Um, yeah, I just. Or the history for years and years and years up until Shane won was that they, they just didn't win. But, gosh, who knows what to expect now, right? It's uh, Anything can happen, especially they qualify up front. SVG will also be a guest on the Dale Jr. down there this week, which is now just oh, what awesome. I'm calling him from here on out, SVG. I'm tired of getting chirped on Twitter. I'm pronouncing his name wrong all the time. I understand. Because you said, <laughs> because you said Gisbergen or Ginsenbergen. Ginsenbergen. I said it yeah, yeah. A million different. But ways. it's Gisbergen. Yeah. I got it now. A couple boos and Jared's already like pulling <laughs> back. Come on, Jared. SVG. Hey, you got to get more haters. Haters are just admirers know, that have I'm... lost their way. <laughs> That's all I'm, it is. I'm learning from the best. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, so this email, this real quick, this email came in uh, late last night uh, from a Josh P. He says, were you the photographer that Denny was kicking water on before the race at MIS? 
just curious. We got a huge kick out of it with the subject titled MIS Water Incident. <laughs> Is there, are you staking a claim or something? No, uh, I remember walking, uh, walking to the grid. There was this puddle. And yeah, and you're like, trying oh, to get a very yeah. photo, you know. I was like, oh, this could be cool. Yeah, you try and to I get a reflection. Around. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> as I walk up to that puddle that you're trying to put your camera in front of to get a reflection, I just kick the water right at you. But I remember doing like a very, probably very unathletic, like skip, like try to dodge the, the water droplets. And yeah, apparently someone saw it. it <sighs> assault, it assault. Um, well, hopefully uh, you get over it. Um, nah, I'm over it. I was hoping you would get the the droplets like coming towards the lens i thought that would be cool but well i mean now i know <laughs> if i'm taking a picture in a water puddle just hang out there a little longer and you just and, have to take it to the face kick, i will happily take it if if you do that all I right never expected that before all <laughs> right well uh we'll see how indie road course goes uh i'm excited for it hopefully get our third pole in a row on a road course who saw that coming who had it on their bingo card nobody um, our, our performance has been getting better on road courses. I told you it's going to be a process, but we are getting better. Uh, so I'm excited to go and see if we can't get another win. We, we really want five more, uh, playoff points before we get this you know, playoff going, but either way, we're going to have more than what we had last year for sure. So, uh, tune in next week and, uh, we'll see you. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.